0: You know what was on the jukebox in the front. Now Matt the cat's
1: gonna show you what was on the juke in the back. Oh, baby, love have mercy are you ready to get down to it are you ready to move it groove it till you're on a roll and that sweet rhythm and blues soothes your soul welcome to another edition of the juke in the back your source for 1940s and 50s rhythm and blues or the soul that came before rock and roll i'm your jukebox operator matt the cat where it's at and i am ready to lay down a pound of sound with an ounce of bounce and a bowl full of soul These are the records that led to the rock and roll explosion of the mid-1950s. So I'm pleased to reveal this week's feature, a solid hour, of the very first recordings of the hardest working man in show business. The man they call Mr. Dynamite. I'm talking about Mr. Please, Please, Please himself. Got to be the king of them all, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, cats and kittens, the juke in the back is proud to feature James Brown and the Famous Flames! That's right, Hepcats and Crazy Kittens, for the next hour, we are going to feature the very first recordings made for Federal Records out of Cincinnati from James Brown and the Famous Flames! 1956 through 58, the records that started it all. James Brown came into this world on the 3rd of May, 1933, in the Piney Woods, just outside of Barnwell, South Carolina. Originally brought up in a wooden shack, his family would soon move to his aunt's brothel. After a couple of more stops around South Carolina, the family moved to Augusta, Georgia when Brown was about five years old. Soon after, his mother left the family because his father was abusive. This left young James Brown plenty of alone time to go off on his own, discover himself, and get into trouble. He began to perform at talent shows as a singer and a dancer while learning to play the piano, the guitar, and the blues harp. In the mid-1940s, he was heavily inspired by Louis Jordan records. That's what got him interested in performing and singing. For a time, he was even a boxer, but mostly he was a hustler. And this got him into trouble, as he was convicted of robbery in the late 1940s and sent to juvenile detention. There, he met future famous Flames member Johnny Terry, and the two became friends and started singing together. The real change would come when he met Bobby Bird, whose family took a liking to James Brown and actually helped secure his early release from prison in 1952. Brown promised the court that he would sing for the Lord and for a short time he did, joining the Ever Ready Gospel Singers, which just so happened to include Bobby Bird's sister Sarah. Byrd, on the other hand, had his own group called the Gospel Starliners. Then they became known as the Avons, and finally, the Flames. That's when James Brown joined the group, who had already changed their style from gospel to rhythm and blues. The original members of the famous Flames were James Brown, Bobby Byrd, Sylvester Keels, Nash Knox, and Nafloid Scott. Soon after, Nafloid's bass-playing brother, Barroy, joined the group. As far as instrumentation goes, James Brown, Bobby Bird, and Sylvester Keels would switch off on drums and piano. Before getting discovered, Johnny Terry, James Brown's old prison friend, would join the Flames. Soon they started playing parties and dances around South Carolina and Georgia, making a name for themselves and changing their name to the famous Flames, 1955. That's when they played Macon, Georgia and reached out to native Little Richard, Richard liked what he heard and put them in contact with his current manager, Clint Brantley. Brantley helped them cut a demo of a song they had just written called Please Please Please, which was actually inspired by Little Richard, who wrote the words, please, 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 down on a cocktail napkin. That demo recording soon got the attention of several record labels, most notably King Records in Cincinnati and Chess Records in Chicago. The way the story goes, the Chess brothers were sending Leonard Chess out to sign the group when a snowstorm hit Chicago and he was delayed. If true, that storm apparently did not affect Ralph Bass, the A&R man over at King Records in Cincinnati, who got right down to Georgia and signed James Brown and the Famous Flames. Bass immediately arranged a recording session set for February 4th, 1956 at the King Studios in Cincinnati. Brown and the group loaded up the station wagon and drove all the way from Georgia. They recorded four songs that day, but of course the standout was Please, Please, Please. And when Bass played the song for his boss, King Records owner Sid Nathan, Nathan thought it was the biggest piece of crap he'd ever heard in his life. And just to prove that point, Nathan said he would put out the record. Nathan must have been shocked when the record caught fire, and more and more orders started coming in for the singles. Please, 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 the first time that James Brown and the famous Flames are pressed on wax, went to number 5 on the national R&B lists, and even crossed over, amazingly, to number 105 on the pop charts. Even the pop audience took note of this fantastic record. And this is how we're going to kick off the James Brown edition of The Juke in the Back, 1940s and 50s rhythm and blues. Take it away. James Brown and the famous Flames with Please, please, please. Please, 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 please.
2: please.
0: Why did it happen this way Someone has taken my place No one to share my embrace oh. Why do you do me like you do I give my heart to you Do. I'm just so lonely and blue. Oh, oh, why do you do me like you do? My heart to you, I like no one here could do. I'm just so lonely and blue.
2: Oh,
0: why do you do me like you do?
1: do me James Brown and the famous flames the flip side of their very first single please 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 recorded on February 4th of 56 and issued on federal records on March 3rd the song caught fire and reached number 5 on the rhythm and blues lists and number 105 on the pop charts on the flip side why do you do me you can hear more of a group sound as all the guys are harmonizing You can also hear NaFloid Scott's guitar on that side. I'm at the cat and we're featuring the early years of James Brown, 1956 through 58. After scoring that first ginormous hit, James Brown hit a dry spell. And part of it was the fault of federal records. You see, while Please 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 was still hot in many markets, they issued the second single. I don't know, backed with I feel that old feeling coming on. It was almost completely ignored by both disc jockeys and jukebox operators. Even though a pretty good record, it fell flat. The A-side, I don't know, sounded way too much like please, please, please. So right now we're going to flip it over and hear that great B-side. I feel that old feeling coming on. James Brown and the Famous Flames, the feature on this week's Juke in the Back. James Brown and the Famous Flames' third single released July 18th of 1956. No, no, no! Which is a nice mid-tempo shuffle. It was taken from their second session, recorded on March 27th, 1956 in Cincinnati. It was released just one month and eight days after the previous single. I guess when Federal didn't see any action happening on I Don't Know, they rushed out the next single. And the song, No, 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 is credited to one composer, James Brown. Its flip side, Hold My Baby's Hand, is credited to four composers, but only features one singer on the record, James Brown. It's the first time that he's carrying the entire song himself without the flames singing any background vocals. And man, does he carry the tune. I'm Matt the Cat, and we're featuring the early works of James Brown this week on The Juke in the Back, the soul that came before rock and roll. Out of mind, there's a way I'm family. support for juke in the back provided by weekly sustainers janice stenhouse robert Stallworth, barry from san diego mr lee David Ayers, Thomas Huber, Joe Metzger, Bernie Rossman, Barry from Riverside, and contributors Charles Liebman, Mark and Marion McAlpine, Ken Farger, Gail Kuntz, Michael Carey. Thank you for your support. More information at jukeintheback.org.
0: You're listening to The Juke in the Back with Matt The
1: on the single as by James Brown only that's Chani on that's the fourth James Brown single with I won't plead no more as the a side it was released on October 20th 1956 but wasn't originally scheduled that way see federal records had originally scheduled just won't do right backed with let's make it for the October 20th release but at the last minute pulled that single back and instead issued I Won't Plead No More because it sounded more like please, 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 and they were still trying to capitalize on the success of that behemoth song. However, it didn't work. But 1956, being such a huge year for James Brown, he did finally attract the attention of New York City and was signed to Universal Attractions to improve his live bookings. And in December of 1956, James Brown and the famous Flames played their first live show north of Washington, D.C. in Newark, New Jersey. They appeared on the bill with Little Richard. After Federal saw no action with the fourth single, they rushed out the fifth single on January 5th, 1957. I think this was the better of the two singles myself. But Cats and Kittens, why don't you be the judge? As we feature the early records of James Brown, 1956 through 58, and his first release of 57, just won't do right on the juke in the back.
0: you been gone.
1: James Brown's sixth single for the Federal label, issued on the 9th of March, 1957, comes from his third session, held on June 24th, 1956 in Cincinnati, Gonna Try, backed with Can't Be The Same. But it was the same. Another flop. Federal was starting to get desperate for a hit, so they booked a session held on April 10th, 1957 in Cincinnati and brought in different musicians. The famous flames were not on his next single, Messin' With The Blues, which was issued on May 6th. They were attempting to get a fresh sound. It's a James Brown interpretation of the Memphis Slim hit, Messin' Around. Dig it now, baby, as we feature the early records of James Brown on this week's Juke in the Back and the soul that came before rock and roll. Here's Messin' With The Blues.
0: We were through. We were through. Oh, yeah. Losing my mind. So, too, just messing, messing, oh, messing with the blues. So, oh, yeah. oh yeah. With you on my mind, so, too, I blew all the time. Oh, yeah. Keep wondering just where so, you could be. I'm messing, I'm messing, with the blue. So Don't you know What oh, yeah. about true. So true, What people will do oh, yeah. They tell me, Dave, so let her go Let her go oh, yeah. But I can not hide Too much. So don't you know, don't you know, feeling oh, yeah. so blue, thinking of you, I'm messing, I'm messing, I'm messing with the blues.
1: Walked Alone, James Brown with the famous Flames. On his eighth single for Federal, they went way back to his second session held on March 27, 1956, and drew that song backed with Your Mind, Your Mind instead of recording new material. It seems like Federal was hoping for a miracle when putting that single out. The miracle never materialized. The single was issued on July 15th, 1957, right in the middle of summertime a summer full of sporadic tour dates and disappointment. But by the fall, a new opportunity had opened up. Little Richard abruptly retired from rock and roll. He had gotten a message from God not to play the devil's music anymore. So with Little Richard out, there were many concert dates that needed to be filled, and James Brown was called upon to fill in the remainder of Little Richard dates. He played those shows singing Little Richard's songs backed up by Little Richard's band, The Upsetters. By the end of the tour, James was ready to get back to playing his own music. And he knew the only way he could really do that was to form a new band. He had been inspired by the great tightness of The Upsetters. So he prepared a new Famous Flames for his fifth recording session, held on October 21, 1957. Bill Hollings, J.W. Archer and Lewis Madison were on backing vocals, Alvin Fats Gonder on piano, Thomas Gable and John Fair on guitars, Edwin Conley on bass, and Edison Gore on the tubs. They recorded a tune that sounds very much like it was penned by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. However, it was written by Rudy Toombs and Rose Marie McCoy. Called That Dude It, it was issued on November 18, 1957, and it's featured right now on this special edition of Juke in the Back with James Brown and the new Famous Flames. That dude it.
0: Now here's a story about a red big old giant. Woo! My money. My honey. And me. I've been digging all the stories about the West the cats have told. Me and my baby cut out there Dig us up a mess of gold The minute we found a buried treasure I looked up to see A great big old eight-foot giant Looking dead on me In that dude You know In that dude I didn't have My baby by the other. A giant grabbed my coat tail and said, Don't you go another further. I ripped off my coat when I was shaking the scene. But what really got my coat was when I heard my baby scream, and yeah, that dude. To stop dead in my tracks. As much as I hated the idea, I went crawling on back. I said, Look at you, Mr. Giant, as I raised slowly on one knee. I'll do anything you say, mine. Baby to me, and that dude, mm, that dude, he said, you are bust that. proposition it's up to you to choose it's either your money or your honey one of the two you'll have to lose I said Mr. Giant I want to thank you for taking a load off my mind but when it comes to choosing between my money and my honey I take my money what I'm saying I mean my honey every time and that dude, you know
2: and that duty now the
0: Giant
1: got the money and I got my
0: honey And everybody's feeling fine No, 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 no,
1: no Now it's time for The Great 78 Where we take a thick piece of shellac And harken back to a time When 78 RPM records were king This week we're featuring the early recordings of James Brown Let's hear one you never, ever hear these days It was the flip side of the single That Dude It Called My Baby Cries Over the Ocean, and it was issued on federal records on November 18, 1957. It's this week's Great 78 My Baby Cries Over the Ocean. James Brown with the famous flames. Baby
0: baby You're listening to the juke in the back with Matt the Cat. Whoa! so big <laughs>
1: Sweet, sweet tune, backed with Begging Begging. I'm Matt the Cat, and you're digging early James Brown, right here on the soul that came before rock and roll, The Juke in the Back. Now that single, his 10th for federal records, issued on February 10th, 1958, was poised to do well, as it started to get a little bit of airplay in several markets. However, Sid Nathan wasn't putting any money behind James Brown anymore. And the label had no further plans to record James Brown material. So Federal put no money behind promoting that record. After it fell flat just like the rest, James Brown knew his days were numbered. But he also knew that with the right song, he could get another session. So he wrote a tune called Try Me. And sometime in August of 58, he got the flames together and entered King Studios in Cincinnati to record the demo He would use this demo to try and convince Sid Nathan to put out this record. The demo was long thought to be lost, but was recently discovered on 78 Acetate. And I'm gonna play it for you right now. What you're about to hear is a group of guys desperate to make a hit record in order to stay alive. And it would save his career as it became an immediate hit upon its release on the 13th of October of 58. Reaching number one on the rhythm and blues lists on February 22nd 1959 and remaining there for one week But what really tells the story about how big this record was is that it crossed over to number 48 on the pop chart Everyone was and try me. So let's start out with the demo and then we'll go into the released single This is early James Brown and the start of his very long career with this record right here Try me. brand new career for james brown try me his 11th single for federal records and only his second hit the demo that you heard before that was recorded in august of 58 and the recording session for try me was held on september 18th of 58 in new york city at Beltone studios that's the first time that james brown recorded outside of cincinnati his next session would be held in los angeles then back to New York, and he wouldn't return to Cincinnati to record again until April of 59. From there, he was on a roll, charting 117 more singles on the rhythm and blues chart, his last one in 1996. 16 of them would hit the top of the charts, and few artists would sell more records than James Brown during the 1960s. He became an influential and cultural force in music and in civil rights. We lost the Godfather of Soul on Christmas Day, 2006, at the age of 73. I'm at the Cat, and I'm so happy we got to highlight the early records of James Brown, often overlooked because they weren't hits. You can really hear that he was an artist trying to find himself during the early federal period. I hope you dug it too, cats and kittens. And remember, until next time, Soul! It's a feeling and you get that feeling each week when you tune into your source for 1940s and 50s rhythm and blues right here on the juke in the back. Let's close down the program with the flip side of Try Me. It was also recorded in New York at that September 18th session. Tell me what I did wrong. James Brown and the Famous Flames. I'll catch y'all on the flip side next week. Have a great week everybody. Bye-bye. Walk
2: for dropping by feel free to let
0: Matt the Cat know if you dug the show email him at mattthecat at matthecat.com. Juke in the Back is recorded at Rosie's Juke Joint located at the Stepping Stone Inn in Salem, Massachusetts for more information please visit jukeintheback.org I'm Miss Rosie see you next time on the Juke in
2: the Back